please exhale. And now let's begin. Welcome to the Science of Light. I'm your host, Rosemary. If you're interested in exploring holistic wellness topics through a perspective that blends spirituality with science, I think you've found the right place. And I'm so grateful that you're here. Let's figure out this life thing together. Always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Hello and welcome back. So this episode is probably going out on Thursday instead of Wednesday. I'm doing my best, y'all. But so I just want to say exciting announcement. I updated my website hosting platform. Maybe that's not exciting to y'all. You might not care. Um, But what that means is I also updated to a website hosting platform that includes my podcast hosting. So maybe you also don't care about that. But what I'm hoping is that it doesn't cause any um, technical difficulties with getting this episode out as planned. So that's part of the reason I'm recording late because I just worked really hard on Tuesday this week when I normally do the recording to um, go ahead and get that finished. I was like, I'm not dilly-dallying around anymore. I'm going to go ahead and get this switched over and then here it is Wednesday. I'm recording. The episode should have gone out this morning, but it's late. So thank you all for your patience with my constantly irregular schedule. Such is life. Here I am showing up, right? Um, And then so another exciting announcement with that, another reason I went ahead and switched my platform over was so that I could kind of have everything in one place. And so with that, I finally was able to release the tickets to the full moon mini retreat. So it's just a day long retreat near Asheville, North Carolina, kind of out in the country, actually where I live. Um, So hosting that retreat for the full moon in September. So if you can find yourself in the Asheville area for that, the Info for it is now on my website. I sent it out to my email list subscribers first. As promised, they had first access, and actually they got a discount code. So at this point, um, you're kind of too late for the discount code unless you reach out to me and ask me very nicely because I'll reward you reaching out to me in person with a discount code. But that's only valid for the next week. That's Well, so the discount code's actually valid until... August 31st if you're an email list subscriber, but I'm not going to just keep giving it out until then. So if you would like it, please reach out to me soon. Um, But the tickets are live on my website. So this is another little, you know, I gave it, gave them to email list subscribers first, y'all are next. And before I release them to the general public and just blast it all over Facebook and social media, I want y'all to have an opportunity because there will be very limited space. The event will be outdoors, but the space is still super limited. Um, I'm going to be providing food and stuff and I just don't want like a whole ton of people there. Um, so I do expect it to sell out. We've already got a couple bookings. So, um, yeah, go ahead and get on that soon. It is happening September 20th. You can find more details, yogiscopes.com. Um, yeah, it's up there. Or shoot me an email if you have any trouble finding it or have any questions. So that's the next exciting announcement I have for you. And then related to that, I do, I've been talking about wanting to create community around those of us that are interested in using yoga and astrology together, you know, the science of light, um, using yoga's system of astrology. 
So I've created a Facebook group for that. If you're not in it, um, I usually link it in the show notes, in the full show notes. So, oh, so that's another thing is some of my links might be broken now that I switched um, website hosting platforms. I've done my best to try and make sure that all of them are fine. But if you come across a broken link, please just reach out to me or like let me know, whatever the case is. Um, so it's a big it's a big undertaking, and I'm working on it. And so if there's some glitches in the meantime, just know that I'm just one person doing this all by myself. Um, so with all that said, creating community, um, be on the lookout for a probably virtual and shorter full moon gathering um, on August full moon, which is towards the end of the month. It's like I should know this off the top of my head, but I don't. It's around the 25th or 26th, something like that. Um, it's in the 20s of this month, so a couple weeks away still. I'll definitely announce it on next week's episode. Um, we'll do a virtual full moon gathering. Uh, it'll be shorter. It won't be like all day because I'm screened out just like almost everybody else is. So it'll probably just be a short little community session, kind of like a preview for the mini retreat. Um but less cool because it won't be in our really awesome spot in nature in the mountains of North Carolina. Um, And then also going forward, I'm planning to have also virtual new moon gatherings, and those will be free, unlike the full moon ones. But you will have to sign up on my website to kind of keep the integrity of the group and not just blast the link out there for anybody to join because we do want to kind of keep some some anonymity so people feel comfortable sharing, etc. You know the deal. Anyway, so be on the lookout for those things. I'm really excited to be able to connect with you all and connect with other like-minded um, people that are interested in yoga and astrology. And, you know, I've, I've been craving community around this for a while now, and I haven't really seen it to exist, so I'm trying to create it. And so I'm glad you're here, and I hope to see you in those gatherings And without further ado, let's get started on this week's topic, which is intuition versus trauma. So the reason I think it's important to talk about these two things together is because both things feel like a gut punch. And so I think it's important to learn to differentiate and distinguish between the two when you have that gut punch feeling that, you know... Everybody always says, trust your gut, but when you've been through traumatic situations, you can feel like you have, if you have that kind of like pent up trauma in your body, it feels like you have a knot in your gut, like frequently, if not all the time, right? So I harp on this a lot about how with trauma, it's all about like kind of seeing where this stuff shows up in your body. And I, so I want to say that also with the caveat that, um, it's not always, you're not like broken or wrong if. You think, you know, like if you don't have a, if the feeling doesn't show up in your gut, if it shows up in some other way, it could feel like tightness in your chest, a tightness in your shoulder. I don't know. It could be a lot of things, but um, just for the general sake of discussion, we're going to talk about that gut feeling that, you know, you've heard the sayings like trust your gut. Um, You had a feeling in your gut. Uh, gut instinct, all those sayings that um, are just so ingrained in us and ingrained in our culture. Um, and so sometimes I think it can feel like anything that shows up in as a feeling in your gut is your intuition coming up. And maybe 
you're very in touch with your intuition and so you feel like none of this applies to you, that's fine. You know, um, this is super personalized and hard to generalize. So just take everything I'm saying as an example and not as like the one and only way this can show up or the one and only truth related to this topic, right? So let me just first talk about ways that a trauma response looking like intuition can show up. So if you're always suffering from analysis paralysis or you suffer from distrust, and this could look like distrust of partners, of loved ones, of just people coming through for you in general. Like if you have trouble trusting the fact that people will have your back um, or distrust of the future, uh, like you don't have this feeling, it can feel like kind of anxiety, like you don't trust that things will just all work out, you know, if you have a hard time trusting that things will be okay, that this too shall pass, whatever. And then even more importantly, if you have trouble trusting yourself, um, I think that's pretty clear that that would be a lack of touch with the intuition, right? Because the intuition is almost synonymous with instinct. Like it's something that comes up and you just trust it without having to think about it. So that's why I'm saying analysis paralysis is a way that that can show up. Um, but then another sneaky way that this trauma response can show up um, is having too much empathy. So actually, like I just read a study this morning um, when I was kind of doing the last little bit of research for this episode. Uh, I found a study from the NIH, which is a super reputable reputable place for studies. So if anybody you know wants to see that, I'm happy to send it out. Um, that experiencing trauma, people who have been exposed to traumatic events in life, whether that be physical or psychological trauma, actually, I think that study included both, um, it increases empathy. And what that normally looks like is it increases um, what they call pro-social behaviors. So it increases your ability to like look out for others, but what do we know that that can swing into the land of is people pleasing or um I hear this a lot when people are like oh I'm an empath and it's like well I would hope everybody is an empath right but some people are like super duper empathic to the point where um the experience of other people's emotions is almost like debilitating you take it on as your own emotions. Um, and that I would say, well, you can decide for yourself whether it's maladaptive. If it prevents you from like enjoying your life, doing the things you need to do because you're so worried about like other people's suffering, that can be maladaptive. But, um, having empathy isn't maladaptive. It's, you know, proves that you're not a narcissist, right? That you care about other people. We should absolutely care about other people. We should absolutely try to ease other people's suffering, but that comes with the caveat that we have to have boundaries. If other people's suffering is causing us suffering, um, in a way that we can't alleviate or shouldn't have to alleviate, um, 
that I think can be maladaptive and that can show up. Um, so that's, that's a form of, of intuition, right? Of being so in touch with the feelings of other people. Actually, this is amazing. I read in that study, um, that they said people who have been through trauma increases literally what they called in this scientific study, your mind reading ability. And they called it like cognitive something, but they said in parentheses, quote unquote, mind reading. Um, and I was like, whoa, that was kind of mind blowing when I saw that. So like psychic almost, or yeah, not even almost, like psychic capacity, they were describing in the article that um, this level of being in touch with other people's emotions, because um, experiencing trauma does make you kind of hypervigilant in a way, this level of being, um, it's an amygdala response. You're always looking for the threat to come up, right? Your, your amygdala, your fear response center is kind of overactive, and so you're trying to anticipate other people's behavior, which plays out like mind reading, right? So, and the study wasn't saying that was a bad thing, but I'm just saying that's the the link between empathy, intuition, and trauma. And so it can it can be a good thing, you know, absolutely. I think almost like that's a little bit what's at play for astrologers, right, or tarot readers, um, we're able to see the unseen kind of in other folks and and intuitively in our bodies, like, understand the way people are presenting beyond the words that they say, right? So, so it can be a good thing, and it can improve what they call pro-social behaviors, like um, wanting to ease other people's suffering in a way that doesn't put you out, right? So that's the idea, is you have to have boundaries, um, around your own energy, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup type thing, right? So anyway, those are the ways that, that your trauma response can show up as either blocking your intuition or, um, disguising itself as your intuition, because remember, it's a gut flip, right? Both things show up as what feels like a gut flip or like a punch in the gut, like your gut gets tight, um, or something in your body gets tight some way, however it shows up for you when you get that feeling, you know? So that's another thing that's like, I say the gut flip and that's just a, a common, we say gut instinct, um, whatever. And so I could go down the rabbit hole of your gut brain, right? And the microbiome, but that is not, this episode is not the place for that. If anyone's interested, I'd be happy to do another episode, on the gut brain and the microbiome and, but just quick fun fact, um, your gut, like your stomach, your, not your stomach, your intestines are responsible specifically, namely your small intestine is responsible for more release of neurotransmitters than your brain is, um, for triggering the release of those neurotransmitters. So diet is, Hugely important, more important than our American culture likes to acknowledge. Um, but again, that's another topic for another day. I'm not here to talk about diet. Um, and I recognize the pitfalls of diet culture, et cetera, et cetera. Another topic for another day. But today we're just talking about that gut feeling, that gut instinct, you know, trust your gut, all those sayings that people say. And sometimes, your gut can feel like it's telling you something, but really that's just unresolved trauma 
making you tense or tight or showing up as the gut flip. So let's talk about what is intuition. Intuition is synonymous with instinct, kind of, right? Um, It's what happens when you don't have to think about something you just know, right? And it can show up in a lot of ways. Um, But basically what it comes down to is when you're operating from a place of intuition, you don't need to look to external sources to make decisions, whether those decisions are big or small. And let me explain some pitfalls of that because I'm into astrology, clearly. I dabble in tarot, but I do like Definitely I do oracle card readings more so than I use the traditional tarot deck. It's like the same thing in my opinion, right? Like you're shuffling cards and you're looking for messages uh, from them. And I'm into all that, totally. But I recognize in myself when I'm using it as a way to escape looking inward, right? And that's a practice that, you know took me a while of being into both of those things before I was able to recognize, am I using this really for a little nudge of guidance or am I trying to look externally because I don't like what I find within or I don't trust what I find within, right? Back to that distrust that um, trauma brings up. Um, Yeah, so if if you're doing multiple readings about the same thing, or like um, you shuffle your deck and you get a card and you just like keep pulling cards like impulsively, you know, these types of things, you know, you'll recognize it when it happens. Or like now, maybe that I've pointed it out, maybe you'll start recognizing it if it happens. So just you just have to be aware, like, am I looking for external validation or external um, guidance? To make a decision, am I relying on that more than I rely on my internal light of awareness? And so that's where the practice of yoga comes in, right? We get really in touch with how things feel in our body, how things land for us. And it's all about shifting that focus to look inwards rather than externally. So I think all these things are good tools. I'm not trying to discount the use of astrology or oracle cards or tarot cards, obviously. I use those things myself. And I think that astrology readings can be a great way to gain clarity um, because sometimes we can get um, our clarity around our own, you know, direction perhaps we need to take can benefit from an outside perspective, right? I'm not trying to discount that, like, but there's a time and a place is what I'm saying. Um, and also when you get an astrology reading or, or any kind of reading, any kind of psychic reading, um, hopefully the goal of that is to lead you more to your own clarity rather than giving you the answers, right? Unfortunately, because I even experience that in the group yoga classes I teach, I, I give a lot of um, little, little say like five breaths or so for yogi's choice, just in like several portions through class. And 
I have this group of regulars now and now they're used to it and now they do it, but they used to just, everybody would like just kind of stop and look at me like, you mean you're not going to tell us what to do? You know, <laughs> like, no, I want you to facilitate your own like awareness of what you're needing in this shape, right? Whether that be in cat-cow when we say now if you want to add any other intuitive movements or sometimes I do it kind of towards the end of, end of class because some people want to work on their arm balances or whatever inversions and other people want to just stretch, right? So I think it's valid and important to lead my students, whether that be with astrology readings or just in group yoga classes to find their own inner light of awareness. Like that's, that's all, that's what I'm here to do, right? So all that to say is how do you strengthen your intuition or distinguish it from trauma, right? Now that with all that said, now that we've kind of described the differences and how they can show up and be confusing of which one's which, because they do kind of show up in the same ways sometimes, at least physically. Um, it's, what dang, what does this always come back to on my episodes is emotional awareness and body awareness. So I have this super cool resource I found. Um, I didn't make it. So I was searching for a feelings wheel because I remember this thing. They had it like painted on the wall at the rehab I was at. So that's that was my first <laughs> encounter with it. Um, and it's a so you can just Google feelings wheel. And it starts in the center with like five or six broad categories like fear, happiness, um, you know, anger, whatever. And then it moves out. There's like two more layers um, of more nuanced feelings so that we can start practicing our vocabulary related to feelings. Like um, Brene Brown talks about this sometimes that she did this huge research project, like 400,000 data points or something, and the mean number of feelings that people could identify were two or maybe three. It was like happy, sad, pissed, I think, were the three and it just, it gets so much more nuanced than that. And so I was searching for one of those because I was going to include that as a way to practice identifying your feelings, a way to cultivate emotional awareness. And then I found this website um, of this person named Laura Brahman. No, sorry, Lindsay Brahman. Um, I'll link it because I actually purchased access to this tool she made. She's a therapist and artist. Um... And so she makes all these really cool tools and she made one for um, the feelings wheel, but it was the feelings and sensation wheel. So it still starts with the, the broad feelings and then it moves out to the kind of more nuanced feelings in the second layer. And then the third layer is how that might show up in your body. And again, it comes with the caveat that um, that... It might not be the same for you, and it's just a starting point. So if you don't, if it doesn't show up that way for you, and you're able to like differentiate that, like, wow, I think um, frustration doesn't actually show up as me clenching my jaw. Um, and if you're able to notice that and be aware of that, then boom, mission accomplished. Because the, the whole idea is just to get in touch with more nuanced ways to describe what you're feeling, um, because. Feeling, feelings aren't facts, they're signposts. They're usually pointing to a need that's unmet or um, something else, right? Something we need to bring awareness to when we have like feelings, especially difficult ones. Um, 
So it just helps start that process of cultivating emotional awareness along with body awareness. Because you can cultivate the two separately, but then ideally you want to start linking the two and noticing um, where does it show up when I get pissed off because I'm in traffic or whatever, um, frustrated, or if you feel resentment. Um, that's another thing I've heard is that resentment usually, um, oh, I think Brene Brown said resentment is like envy because you're envious that somebody else gets to do something or not do something that you don't get to do or have to do or whatever the case is, or, um, they don't have to deal with whatever it is you're dealing with, whatever, however that can show up, right? So we just want to cultivate that. So you look at this and if you're like, oh, I don't really think that shows up for me, then good. That means you probably have some insight into how it does. Or you can start kind of tracking it down, maybe using the wheel, just looking around that outside layer and kind of getting some ideas around how emotions can show up in your body. So I think this is a really good tool. And again, it was made by a therapist and she sells it. So because I bought a copy, I have permission to use it in my groups, but I also have permission to share it on social media, but I can't post it on my website or my blog. So you'll have to look to my social media. I'll post it on um, Instagram and Facebook on my Yogi Scopes pages. So you can just go to either website, facebook.com slash Yogi Scopes or instagram.com slash Yogi Scopes and find that there. I will share it because with the purchase access, I do have rights to share on social media. Or you can just check out her page, Lindsay Raman, because she has a whole host of other really useful resources there related to all of this kind of stuff. So if you want to nerd out about it like I do, fantastic resource. You can just find her social media. Um, so I'll link it to mine because I'm definitely going to credit her. I think that's really important. Um, we don't want to just steal stuff, right? Um, Non-stealing. Don't do that. So always credit people. Always credit folks for their work. I try really hard to, you know, use either my own graphics but or credit whoever I do. But sometimes you just find a really good one. And it's like I'm not going to try to recreate that. It's freaking good, you know. So check out that feelings wheel to start getting in touch. So you can just find the regular feelings wheel um, to get a little more, even more nuanced feelings. But I, what I'm going to share is the feeling and sensation wheel, because I just like, that's the crux of what I talk about too, all the time, right? Is emotional and sensate or body awareness, right? Like that's, that's how we heal from trauma. Like if you are new around here, I talk about this shit all the time is how cultivating awareness of your emotions and your sensations, and especially how the two are linked is how you heal from trauma. So name the feeling, check with body. Those are the two first um, things into when you, when you experience that, what might feel like intuition. And then to determine if it's trauma or intuition, um, this might not be something that you do on the spot when it comes up, but you could – it's a good journal practice to start like right now so that when these do when these things do come up you're able to differentiate a little bit more. So you want to recall any past experiences that may have evoked that feeling. And if you have past experiences that have evoked that feeling, you can ask yourself, well is this applicable here? So this comes definitely to the like trusting of 
partners or loved ones um, or yourself or the future. Actually, it's just trust in general. Is do you Are you basing this information, this feeling that you get um, on past information or on what is happening right now? Because that's exactly what it is, is our our judgment gets clouded by what we've been through before. And y'all, I'm so sensitive to this. Um, I've like lost important people in my life. So now like one of my friends that I don't hear from often just like butt dialed me the other day and I was like, oh my God, something's wrong because I don't hear from this person very often. And that's just my first like boom instinct. And then like, I know like my next follow-up thought is that's really unrealistic. Like if something is wrong, why? Because I missed the call because I was teaching, but I saw it come up, but I couldn't answer it because I was teaching um, every once in a while. I forget to put my phone on do not disturb who I am as a person, whatever. Um, and it wasn't a yoga class. It was a athletic class. Anyway, um, I, so I see this call and like, this happens to me all the time. Or like if my partner's like running late or something, um, you know, so I used to have a, a partner that like, if I was running late, he would like automatically assume that I was cheating and it was because he was the one cheating. So that's not what I assume. I don't assume that my partner's like out doing something wrong, but I'm like scared that, oh, what if he got in a wreck, you know? And then I realize he drives this, like, big truck, and, like, if he gets in a wreck, it's probably the other person that's going to be harmed. Anyway, you see what I mean? Like, I have these feelings come up all the time that it's, like, I could lean into that and be, like, oh, my gosh, that's that's what intuition feels like, is that my intuition, it feels just like intuition telling me that something's wrong, like instinct. But it's not. That's 100% based on past experiences with grief, with losing people, with being mistreated, right? And so now that I've gotten in touch with that, I'm able to calm my nervous system and say, nothing's wrong. And if it is wrong, I'll deal with that when I find out. But I'm not going to sit here and make myself suffer in the meantime, right? And it's a constant practice. I mean, I still have, you know, and that's what my mother-in-law has told me is like now that being a mom, she's like, welcome. And my mom tells me that too. They're like, welcome to anxiety, you're going to suffer from it for the rest of your life, (laughs) you know, and I hear that from a lot of moms. It's just like, especially once you've given birth to a human life, you can't help but worry about them all the time. And that could be a little bit cultural, right? Um, I had the fear of God of SIDS put into me by the internet. Thanks, internet. So all that is to say, it's time if you want to stop making yourself suffer from anxiety, worry, distrust, analysis, paralysis, too much empathy, all of those things I mentioned, ways that this trauma response can show up, it's time to start getting in touch with the emotion when it comes up. What am I feeling? Am I nervous? Am I angry? Am I, you know, any of those other cool, more nuanced words on the feelings wheel? So I'll link that. Um, It'll be I might be able to link her website in the show notes. I just know that I can't post it on my blog, but I can share it on social media as long as I tag her. So if you're not on social media um, and you want to see this feelings and sensation wheel, please just reach out to me or I'll try to link her website on my blog. Um, So check with the feeling. Get really in touch with the feeling that comes up. um, And then check with body. Notice where that feeling hits in your body and what 
the relationship between events, feelings, and sensations, and just start cultivating a practice around that. Um, you know, meditation helps because it helps it, if just practicing meditation in general gives you the kind of stillness of mind that's needed to notice these things as they're happening, right? Um, but then same thing, I talk about this all the time that like when something that's the nature of trauma, if it comes up for you again in meditation, that's another opportunity to say, hey, I'm safe. I'm like, hopefully you're not meditating in the middle of a highway or construction zone or something, right? Like you're probably safe wherever you're sitting in meditation. Um, so you can know that you're safe and you can take the time then to get in touch with the feeling, get in touch with your body. And then recall, this is a journaling practice or just something to do in the moment quickly. What past feelings have brought up or past experiences have brought up those same feelings or sensations or especially feelings in conjunct with sensations. And if you can't come up with anything, then it probably is your intuition, right? Um, but if you can, then you can use that information to then separate yourself, calm your nervous system, right? So the goal is to no longer need to look to external sources for decision-making. So this intuition is a, a muscle that can be strengthened. And I think differentiating between possible trauma responses coming up um, and learning to – I don't think they go away. Like, I'm just going to tell you, like, they haven't gone away for me. Like, maybe this is, I need more work to do, but that's why I'm here, like, doing the work and sharing it with you, right? Um, I I don't think they necessarily go away because that's what – I'm also saying the same thing with, with my partner, like, full disclosure – I used to highly distrust him because I had always been distrusted by partners who were cheating on me. And so I was always looking for him to be cheating and he wasn't. And he'll even say that, like, I had to do a lot of convincing. And luckily for me, he's like the most patient person on planet Earth. Um, and we worked through that. But now my worry and fear shows up like thinking I'm just going to lose him to a wreck or whatever, you know, um, at any moment, if I think he, you know, he usually calls me when he's leaving work and I'm like, okay, she he should be home in about like 45 minutes or whatever. And if it's a little bit longer than that, I'm like, oh my God, did something happen? Did his car flip off a mountain or whatever? You know? So I think it just, sometimes it changes and the practice is getting in touch with that, noticing how does it show up? And if it shows up in a different way, noticing when something like that shows up and being able to self-regulate so that you can trust yourself to make your decisions, to move through life with ease, to not be stuck in suffering all the time, whether that's your own suffering or suffering created by a huge amount of empathy, right? Yeah, it's a constant practice. And I'd love to hear how this shows up for you all or what the practice is looking like for you. So please um, reach out and share. I'd love to hear about it. Look out for the feelings. We all post it on social media. And then another logistic point is that um, 
while I'm switching over my website, I think things are a little bit weird with finding the full show notes for the podcast, but just know that the full show notes are always posted on Spotify. Apple Podcasts doesn't let you put as long of show notes, so I usually link it to my blog post for the one that goes into Apple. I don't know. Things are just weird right now, and I'm figuring it out, and so um, thank you for your patience and bearing with me while I make this changeover, and I really hope to see you all soon, either in the Yoga and Astrology Facebook group or in one of the new or full moon gatherings. Thanks so much for being here. Remember to always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light.